I thought I saw a putty cat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Did you see a putty cat? I did see a putty cat. Anyway, folks, hello again, and welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live here, brought to you by Coors Light, as always seen on Giants.com. The number, as always, to call is 201-939-4513. At the controls, Pearson Butler. I'm Russ Salzberg, along with my partner today, Paul Dottino. And you at home, again, the number is 201-939-4513. And uh, as I said, I thought I saw a putty cat. It was a black cat. And uh, maybe uh, as soon as you saw it, you kind of said to yourself, it does not bode well because uh, last night was not a good one. No, it wasn't. The Giants have now lost five in a row. They're 2-7. and seven. Uh, And basically, you just have to figure out what direction this team is going in because... Things are not good. Uh, they failed yesterday on many, many fronts. And consequently now, uh, they're in a position where uh, a lot of guys are shaking their heads and, uh, and they got to pick themselves up by their bootstraps. And they've got a game against the Jets on Sunday, which I don't think I need to tell you or anybody else uh, is it's not acceptable to lose to the Jets on Sunday. It's well, just not, because well, the Jets are a team that's supposed to be the bottom of the league. Well, w- whether it's acceptable or not, there's a lot of things that not that are, haven't been acceptable, and they've been happening, and it happens during a five-game losing streak. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can go over last night, folks, and I'm sure many of you want to go over those things. But, you know, just, just speaking to myself uh, about it, what was very disturbing to me, it, it just continues to rear its ugly head. Uh, you know, and Coach has addressed it. It's, it hasn't been a secret. You can't be continue to give up big, explosive plays. The one at the end of the f- uh, first half, Paul, was it a 42-yard? Uh, the Jarwin Jar- catch? The Jarwin. And, and, and then the Cooper one, when you, you still got yourself a football game. It's just... You know, that's been a constant, and, and that has to stop. You can't be continue to give up those plays. I mean, a Jawin play. You and I were sitting next to one another. You, it's got to stop. Don't, don't you? It's got to stop giving up those big plays. You know what stinks about this, Russ? Hmm. The Giants only gave up three plays last night of more than twenty yards, which, to be quite honest with you, is a really good number. Except that two of them were 40-plus yard touchdowns. But that's what I'm talking about. It, it's those explosive plays that continue to break their backs. It, you know, and listen, there's, there's no getting around it. You, you're one for five inside the red zone. And forget about being inside the red zone. I mean, it was inside the 10-yard line. I, I think um, it was one from the 2-yard, the 7-yard, the 8-yard, the 10-yard. I mean... You got to get it in. You got yourself, you got yourself an all-pro running back. You got yourself a quarterback who can sprint. Um, you know, and and I'm I'm just throw, throwing it out what I saw, which was call it disheartening. Um, and you had a hell of a performance from Cody Latimer, running back kicks. I, I yes. mean, my goodness, yes, Th- that was you know to be applauded. He he really you know. And justifiably so, he deserved to be the guy catching a touchdown pass. Antoine uh, Bethea gets a pick and a fumble recovery early in the game. I, I mean, I mean, those are the things. 
that that recovery that that interception on the first possession for the Cowboys what what basically happened to the Giants on that play in my estimation and again we were sitting next to one another was the Giants kind of turned a positive for them into a negative because you get three you're, you're at the eight yard line you get three so what was the negative for the Cowboys turned into a positive for the Cowboys because they gave, gave up the ball on the eight-yard line. Hey, we'll take our chances. We're glad to give up the three points. So there were a lot of things that went wrong, a lot of things that need to be corrected, but I will still maintain the number one thing. We can go through a litany of things, Paul, but the number one thing, and, and I didn't realize it. You just said it. Only three plays for more than 20 yards, and two of them went for touchdowns. The explosive, those back-breaking big plays, you got to stop. It's, it's 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 too many. It, it's just it's it's beating you to the ground. That that's that's why you're two and seven. And why do they happen? They happen because of more often than not busted coverages in the defensive secondary. More than anything else, somebody doesn't know what it is that they're supposed to do, or they know what they're supposed to do, and they somehow have brain lock and don't do it. And, and that's the biggest problem. Yes, there are missed tackles. That has contributed. Yes, there are bad angles taken. That has contributed as well. But right now, uh, you have 11 guys on the field at given times on given plays that are not all on the same page because uh, something is not clicking. And you know what, Jeff? You know what, Russ? Here, here, here's, here's the one thing that... that I want to remind people, and again, I told people this all summer long, that the rookies will make mistakes. So when DeAndre Baker busts a coverage and doesn't do what he's supposed to do, he is a rookie, and I have to say this again, folks, I'm sorry. I know it's repetitive. Rookies are going to make those kinds of mistakes. They're going to happen throughout the course of the season, and the question becomes... Does the opponent take advantage of those mistakes when they happen, and how painful are they going to be for you when that happens? Okay? And it just so happens that most of the time when the Giants have made these mistakes, the other teams have maximized their production off of the Giants' mistakes. This was the one variable that you knew was going to be a potential pitfall for this team when they were going to play so many rookies, so many snaps in their first NFL season. That's just the way it is. But you hear what you just said? Other teams take advantage of the Giants' mistakes. The Giants have to take advantage of the mistakes that are given to them. No question. And, and again... They, and they didn't do it. They didn't do that they didn't last do it. night. Now, I will say one other thing, and I'm not making excuses before we open up the phone lines. And again, the number to call is 201-939-4513. Uh, the officiating in the National Football League, I'm not even saying it's shaky anymore. I'm saying it stinks, okay? Uh, and this has nothing to do because this one went against the Giants. I watch in general uh, when I watch all the games. Uh, having nothing to do with the Giants. But then again last night, no one's going to tell me that Evan Ingram was not interfered with. I mean, he was hit in the back before the play. I mean, there it is. 
He was hitting the back, and Pat Shermer throws the flag. Now, then people are saying, well, why the hell are you throwing the flag? Well, you know, if Pat doesn't throw the flag, then they're going to say, why the hell didn't you throw the flag? So they throw the flag. And th- this crap about, well, it's got to be more egregious. You know, it's like being pregnant, folks. Either you are or you're not. There's no in between. Either it was pass interference or it wasn't pass interference. But then to make matters worse, on the next uh, possession for the Cowboys, Baker, I mean, if you call that, we looked at each other and said, that great, that was pass interference? I mean, it's the officiating, and I don't know what has happened. I don't know if it's because of replay and they've gotten lazy or what the hell it is. I, I just don't understand, but the officiating in the National Football League stinks. I will say that. And, and, and you, 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 you got to argue with me to change my mind on that because, I, like I say, it's not because of a Giants call. I just gave you an example from last night, but in general, it stinks. So that said, we will open up the phone lines, 201-939-4513. Again, got to remind everybody, of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live here is brought to you by Coors Light. If you choose to enter... Uh, to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for further details. All right, Paulie, let's uh, see who's on the line here. Let's open up in New York with Jack. Hello, Jack. You're on with Russ and Paul. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you doing Hi. today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, buddy? Well, yeah. I'd be better. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just want to make a few comments about the future of the team. Uh, I realize you guys may not be able to comment on this, but um, first of all, uh, you know, we're what uh, one half of the way through the three-year program of trying to rebuild the Giants. And at this point, I'd be very surprised, albeit uh, pleasantly, if they make a whole lot of noise even next year. Um, just the way things are going. And um, the other point I want to make is that, you know, obviously in the long run we're going to need a new general manager at some point and a new coach. And I think the feeling amongst a lot of people is that, you know, as far as the general manager is concerned, we're going to get consigliere Ernie Accorti to come in and tell the, tell the uh, front office who to pick, and it'll be a long-time giant uh, employee or something, and then picking the head coach could be you know a retread of somebody who's been on our uh, you know been on our team for years or whatever forty fifty year old and uh, it's just I think the front office needs to check their operations maybe think outside the box a little bit well I, this yeah, is yeah, going to be you know, you know ja- wash rinse and repeat uh, for a long long time well Jack I'm I'm going to disagree with you on that and uh, you know thanks for the call but. You know, you're already condemning a situation. It's it's rebuilding, okay? And and I've said this to you. I've, when I said it to you, I, I've said it to everybody here. This season doesn't get measured on wins. It's going to get measured on progress. Now, I will say this. I didn't see progress yesterday or last night. I mean, well, you know, let me correct that. There was cer- certain progress. There was certain progress on kickoff returns from Cody Latimer. Okay, there, there were certain things that, like that, but uh, I mean, you can, you're not going to sit here and start condemning, uh, you know. Well, this was a mistake. You're already talking about you're going to about replacing the, the current situation because you know what's going to happen. 
I, I mean, I, I think that's being a little silly. Okay? You brought in... There's huge changes on this team. You brought in somebody from uh, Mongolia to coach the team. There'd be changes. Use changes and turnover has a lot to do with it. Okay? Paul just gave you examples, be it uh, DeAndre Baker or anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't, don't buy into that at all. You know, l- listen, Daniel Jones is making mistakes. At the same point, no one's going to tell me he doesn't have a bright future. And, and nobody's going to tell me that there's no confidence in him moving forward. I don't buy that whatsoever. Let's go to Queens and check in with Ron. Ron, how you doing? Today you're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, guys. Hi. Um, so I think watching the game last night, it's the, the, the number one thing that was evident is just the, the disparity in talent level and experience between the two teams. Uh, you know, even on a night where the Cowboys probably didn't put their best effort forth, you know, they were still able to kind of control the tempo of the game and, you know, eventually make the plays when they did. But I think when you talk about evaluating the team, obviously everyone's under evaluation, the players and the coaches. And what my biggest concern about Pat is, does he understand time, score, and situation? And I'll give you the example. It's the end of the first half. It's 12-10 Giants. They have maybe 57 seconds left. Mm-hmm. And they had their three timeouts. They're on their own 25-yard line. They had 75 yards passing to that point at half. It wasn't like they were having a good offensive performance. They weren't getting much on the ground. Why even attempt to throw the ball three straight passes? You have a quarterback who's leading the league in turnovers. Why not just say, you know what, I'm going to just thank my lucky stars that we're not losing this game. I've got the lead. I'm getting the ball at halftime. Let me go into the half with the momentum he essentially erased everything that they had worked for in that half in one foul swoop. Well, I, I, uh, first of all, I'm going to disagree with you on, on one aspect. Th- that didn't erase everything in the first half. What, what, what really erased everything in the first half, wh- whether they had the lead, uh, what, what at the time, what, what erased everything was the Jawin uh, touchdown, okay? I'd say that. that didn't erase it, though. They were still winning the game. Okay, Ron. I could give you tons of examples when he was asked after the game, well, you had like a minute or so left. Why did you try and go downfield? When it doesn't work or you get intercepted like that, it's always an easy one to say, why did you do that? Paul and I were sitting next to each other. I think it was 48 seconds, and you said to me, all right, let's see what they got. I, I don't – Well, Ross, can I ask you a question? Isn't there a difference doing that with a, a veteran quarterback and maybe you're having success offensively that game? As opposed to a rookie quarterback. Who's right, look, I'm going to make this over. really simple for nah. you, okay? I'm going to make it really simple for you. It sounds I, like you just defend everything they do. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where have you been, Ron? We, we opened up. You're a, we, jerk, we, 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 You're a jerk. Okay, now, bye. Now. Hit the road. Now, here's Go the ahead. problem. Here's the problem, Russ. And the typical football 101 uh, handbook says in that situation – you do what the Giants usually did when Tom Coughlin was here and Kevin Gilbride was the offensive coordinator. In that spot, you got a, you got timeouts in your in your pocket. 
you're thinking you might potentially be able to get some more points by the end of the half. So what you do is you usually run a draw play out of the shotgun with your back. In that case, it used to be Ahmad Bradshaw. You remember, you used to see this a million times. Yeah, yeah. And if he gets 15 to 20 yards on that first play and gets you somewhere near your own 35 or 40, then you say, okay, you know what? We're going to call a timeout, and now we're going to think about taking some shots downfield and getting points. Now, why do you do that? You do that because, A, the clock runs. It's a safe play. You force the defense then, if they really want to do something with the ball, they've got to start burning their timeouts so that if you do give it back to them, they don't have timeouts in their pocket. There's, there are multiple reasons why you do that. If the draw doesn't work, which in most cases it doesn't, okay, what you then say is, you know what? We're not going to go in points mode. We're just going to sit tight. The other team, if they want to burn their timeouts, then that's fine. You say, go ahead. You want to use a timeout here? You go and use the timeout. We're just going to run the ball the next two times anyway. So go ahead and burn all your timeouts. Then we're going to pump the ball out of harm's way, and you're going to be backed up at your own 25-yard line with no timeouts and maybe 15 seconds left in the half. No harm, no foul. Mm -hmm. That is football 101 when you go by the old-fashioned, old-school book, which a lot of people don't want to do nowadays, okay? A lot of people want to play fantasy football, video game football, and you want to get fancy. Football 101 tells you that's the logical, most sound, most rational way to play. Now, Coach Shermer last night decided that he wanted to think about points, and so he threw a screen pass on first down, which was incomplete, as I recall. The danger there is that now you're not forcing the other team to use a timeout. You're you're giving them a free timeout because you've incompleted a pass. At that point, he certainly had the option of now running the ball and saying, you know what? We didn't get any yards on that first play. Let's forget about the points. He had the option to do that. And in all honesty, in retrospect, I think he probably should have taken that option. Mm-hmm. I certainly would have. But he decided he wanted to be more aggressive and he wanted to go for points. Again, the danger there. You now put the ball in the air. It's a risky play. And in addition to that, if you get another incompletion, which he did, you're now stopping the clock and allowing the other team basically a free timeout because you're stopping the clock for them. It, I, I understand because I come from old school football 101. In my opinion... I would have gone with the old school football 101 logic, but that's just me. Yeah, but at the, at the same point, we're sitting next to each other. With, what was it, 48 seconds? The first thing you said to me was, okay, let's see what they got. Well, because I'm thinking on the first down, he's going he's gonna to uh, go uh, draw uh, a play okay. and see what, what, where they're going to wind up. Regardless. The, I, I didn't particularly like the series, th- that, this, that, but I understand where he was coming from. That, it just that, isn't my ball that, of wax. That's the easiest second. I'm, I'm not saying you. That's the easiest second guess. If it works, if they take him downfield, and it's not an interception, it's a completed pass, then bravo. He showed some cojones. He went for the home run and got it. I mean, it's the easiest second guess See, The in, only reason in the I world. disagree with you, Russ, I, I don't think that's a second guess because 
That is a typical situation that we see happen dozens and dozens of times during the NFL season throughout the league. And the standard M.O. No, no, Paul, it's a second guess when you're talking about it after the fact. Oh, that, oh, that, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's for, the, second, for the call to call yeah, this well, morning? It's a second yes, guess. Yes, yes. If you want to say it beforehand, well, I wouldn't do that. That's a different no, no, story. No, that's fine. And we, and, we, and we don't know what that caller was thinking at the no, time. No, he had his head up his rear end. Okay. That's why he was calling. But, but the standard conservative football 101 old school play is to run it the way I described that's it. That's fine. That's a, that's a different story. Well, that's all I wanted we're, to make clear. We're not disputing that. I just wanted to make that clear because the, the fellow out there who made the call, whatever his whatever his status is and however he was he was playing with this in his head, I'm simply trying to inform you, my friend out there, okay? I'm simply trying to inform you what the book says. I don't care if you agree with it or not. That's what the book says. Well, you're not always going by the book as well. But anyway, 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to Delaware and check in with uh, Coach Marv. Coach Marvin, how you doing today? You're on again with Russ and Paul, buddy. How you doing, Russ and Paul? Doing, Hello. doing okay. How you doing today? All right. Having a pretty good conversation, sounds like you two have. Uh, and I understand where Paul coming from. I'm from that type of school. And, Russ, I understand what you're saying, and, and I was going to say that before you. We are kind of like uh, second-guessing after the day over, but that's not what Paul was saying. I know right. that. I, I, the, the first call before halftime, uh, it was 48 seconds. I, I would be concerned about the time on the clock, but I am going to see what I can come up with. I, I don't think it was a screen pass. I think they threw it out, and it was dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the left side, it was dropped to the left side. I believe it was uh, Slayton. Slayton had a bad day yesterday. Yep. Um, Slayton, I believe, dropped that pass, and that set them back. Um, I, I feel, you, I mean, you, you're second-guessing guys after they make a call, and if it didn't work, then we criticize coaches. Hey, does work, hey, let, listen, coach, you're a coach. You know, it's always after the, you know, if you, you know, being a first guesser is one thing. Second guess, nobody ever second guesses when it works. The second guess only comes when it doesn't work yeah. in all sports. And, and I, do, I do need to revise my memory on the series. You were correct, Coach Marvin. The first play was a drop to the left side to Slayton. Uh, and then the second pass was an incomplete sit-down route to Barkley. On third right. down was the interception where they threw the right go route to Slayton on the right. fly. Those were right. the those were the plays, yeah. but that doesn't take away the the football one on one mentality, which no. which is the typical way you handle the situation. You're definitely right. Now, Russ, you gotta you have to agree that I did, now I don't know if I would have done it that way after the first drop. Now you can come up, like Paul was saying, you can come up with a screen pass, something safe. They come up with a draw and see what that run gives you. If you can get ten yards after the, on that, oh, I'm not, like, Coach Marv. I'm not disputing that at all. I, I, I'm just saying, I'm just talking about the second guess. That that's okay, all I'm. That's all I'm talking about. I, I would not okay. have had a problem with Paul's logic at, at all. Make make okay. sense, but but right. you know, go ahead. I, I understand you. I, I got you, Russ. I, I, you're, you're mainly talking about we can sit here and talk all we want about second guess. Yeah, that's that. That's all that. That's all that is. You, you, uh, know, you know. Right. I understand. But what I would have done, I was thinking, if he wanted to take that shot again on second down, because maybe he felt, you know what, we had something on first down, we dropped it. 
second down, let's try it one more time. I don't know if I would have thrown on that third down because I'm looking at the clock, mm-hmm. and if I don't complete it, even if I don't complete it, they were shredding us a little bit on the run. They shredded us in the secondary. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time I want to give them on that clock. I have to make them use a timeout. So I'm going to exactly. run a draw or a screen, something soft that I can protect Daniel Jones, a check down, something that I'm not trying to throw a tur- make a turnover. By them doing that turnover, it, it, it really turned that game around because I think they scored 10 points in like a – in a minute or something like that, and took the lead on us. Well, yeah, that, that, and that, you know. and my, my, my friend, Coach Marvin, what you just said, that last statement, they took the lead, that unfortunately is the other part of the equation you must weigh when you make the decision as to what to do. If you're the Giants, you have had multiple chances. You should have been up 20 to 10 at worst in this game, right? Uh-huh. Right? And here's the problem. Right now, instead of a 20-10 to 10 lead or something even better than that, of course you want Rosas to, to make the point. So let's say 21-10 at worst. You should have that lead. Instead, you're only up by two. And you know you're going to get the ball to start the third quarter. So part of the thought process does need to be, well, God bless, we got this two-point lead and we're getting the ball back in about 15 minutes after we come out of the locker room. Maybe that's a very comfortable feeling as opposed to why risk putting anything in harm's way. You have to contemplate that as part of the equation because the Cowboys all talked about this in the locker room afterwards that that stretch of time right there, that series, and them getting the lead at halftime was the entire momentum switch and turning factor for them in the game. I don't know. I don't necessarily buy that, and and that's not sticking up for, for for them Giants going for it. To me, the backbreaker in that first half was the jaw win 42 yards, uh, but, touchdown. Russ, on what Paul, uh, I'm kind of like leaning the way I would feel when I go in the locker room with, with what Paul was saying. Because I'm going in the locker room knowing I should have been up 21 to 3. Right. That's at the least, at least 17 to three. Yep. You can't you can't get a first down inside the five and you come away with threes after a turnover. Hey, uh, Coach Marv, you heard us say it, it, one for five, you're talking about possessions from the two, seven, eight, and ten. Okay? Listen to that. Yeah, that, that sounds that, – that's tough. Those, those, that's tough. You don't, you're not getting sevens somewhere yeah. in there. Uh, but going Nasty. into the locker room, I'm, like Paul said, I know I'm getting the ball back in the second half, but the, the problem is when my momentum has changed going into the locker room, I'm already ticked off because I should have at mm-hmm. least points on the board, and I'm going in the locker room after I dominated these guys, and I'm losing. Yep. It's a bad taste. Your entire locker room, every one of your players has to be feeling that. That's, that's bad, Coach Marvin. That's bad. Yeah. It is. It is. So I, I, I have to regroup, and I have to get them back in tune to what this game, what's happening in this game. And then I got to drive that ball back, back down Dallas' throat, hopefully, and um, yeah. I'm away with points. And you know what you know what makes it worse, Coach Marvin? Because the entire thing about deferring the darn kickoff is the concept that you're going to come right out at the start of the third quarter and you're going to drive the ball down and score. And what do the Giants do? Not only do they compound the problem 
by getting themselves behind at halftime. They come out, they drive into Dallas territory, and they wind up getting sacked on third down, taken out of field goal range, and they kick it away, thereby erasing any potential advantage they would have had by taking the second half kickoff. It was a horrible swing of events. Yes, it, it was, and that, that's what that game was mainly about, the, the swing of momentum, and we were in the game, and I think we were in the game to the end, and it's just the momentum swings were so large towards Dallas, it, it hurt us through that game, and uh, it, it was a shame that uh, it ended up that way. Uh, and, all right. Uh, as always, Coach Marv, thank you very much. Marv, Coach yeah, Marv. Thank one, you, guys. All right, thank buddy. You. Thank you. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go up to Syracuse and check in with Mike. Good afternoon, Mike. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? How are you doing today? Hi. Good. We're all, uh, we're all a little frustrated as Giants fans, clearly. Um, but I completely disagree with the, the first caller there. I think Gettleman is actually doing a really good job. Um, if you look at it, like he's nailing on draft picks even later in the rounds, you know, we have quite a few uh, picks that he's hit. You know, even look at Slayton, for example, um, just as one example, you know, he's a six-round draft pick, I believe it was, and he's been a huge factor on his team. We have a lot of young players. He was but, uh, a, yeah, he was a five. And, he was and, a, no, you're right. It, 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 it's ironic, though, and, and actually Coach Mar brought it up Uh we, we've been applauding Slayton. The, the, the young man's been terrific. He goes up and gets them. Uh, you know, he, he goes up and makes plays. Last night, he happened to not have himself a, a good game. But ha- having said that, right. I, listen, Mike, I agree with you. you. You know, everybody's frustrated. And you know what? Nobody's more frustrated, I'm sure, than, than the GM and coach. But oh, that, that I, comes with the territory. Well, we just want to point the finger everywhere. You know, I don't think Shermer's been given a very fair chance so far. You know, I... Even watching the games, I get frustrated with him because he's always got that same look on his face. You know, I want a little bit of frustration out there just like the rest of us. But um, as far as Gettleman goes, though, I just don't know how anybody can think he's not doing a good job. All the grief that he caught for Daniel Jones, and I think it's pretty clear already that he's going to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I, we have a lot of pieces to be happy about, a lot of things to be excited about. It's just all we can look at is the bad because we keep losing games. Um, but that's that's not even the real reason why I called. Go ahead. Um, what what I'm what I don't understand is like why is it so hard for us to get some run blocking? Like what is going on with that offensive line? Well, we've all been kind of saying that. Uh, you know, talking about not enough push up front in particular, not enough push in the middle of the line. It's crazy because like, you know, Giants football. Growing up, because I've been a Giants fan my whole life, I'm 32 years old, but it's always been it's always been about smash mouth football, you know, good blocking, good defense, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I mean, I love Saquon Barkley to death, but he can't do anything. He gets the ball and he's getting hit two yards, you know, in the backfield. It's it's frustrating. I don't know. Well, I, I I would also think though, Mike, and you know, he's not nobody's made excuses. But I don't think Saquon is, you know, he, you know, he's not a hundred percent. Come, still, still, yeah. still not all the way back. But, but you, you do make a point because some of that was happening before. Uh, you know, Paul and I have, have always said it till we're blue in the face. Give me the four yards, boom. You, you, you know, right. He, you know, because Just he's got the, the talent. There's no push. Right. There's literally no push, and we've invested big re- resources in the offensive line. I mean. 
Even Will Hernandez, he's supposed to be this big mauler. And by all means, I love what I saw out of him last night, you know, getting scrappy and backing up the quarterback and all that. But how can we not just hand the ball? And especially with Jalapio as the center, he's a big, massive man. Go between those two guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand how it's so hard to hand the ball off and those two push the pile a little bit and just get four yards. I can't even see that anymore. You know what I mean? Yep. No. Just a halfback dive. We can't even see it go four or five yards anymore. They're always getting pushed backwards. I don't understand it. Look, Mike, we're talking about four red zone, uh, five red zone appearances. You only cash in a touchdown on one of them. And, and the one came on a one-yard touchdown pass, not a run. You have an all-pro right. You have an all pro running back, and you're not scoring. Like, we're not talking about from the 20 on in. We're talking from the 10 on in. Right. So, Mike, you make a very good point. It has to be corrected, my friend. Thanks very much for the call. Appreciate it. Russ, uh, I want to make one comment about the 49ers. Uh, they rebuilt their team when they brought Shanahan in three years ago after Kelly had gone 2-14. and 14. Uh, So Shanahan comes in, and basically they're trying to resuscitate the franchise. They go 6-10, and 4-12, and 12, and this year they are 8-0 mm-hmm. in Phase 3 of their new plan. Mm-hmm. That's how it's supposed to work. And the Giants right now are in Phase 2 of a three-phase plan. So... That particular caller that we just talked to, he gets it. Mm -hmm. He understands. The Niners are the blueprint for what the Giants want to do. They want to get a lot younger, which they've done. They want to get a much better locker room together, which they've done. They want to be able to draft a lot of really good players, which they've done. And they want to be able to use a lot of cap money to bring in some really good veterans, which they plan to do this offseason. So he's absolutely right. Dave Gettleman's on the right track. He's got a plan, and I still believe that Phase 3 is going to be really fun. We just got to get there. Well, right now we're in Phase 2, and Phase 2 at 2-7 and seven with the Giants, with the Jets coming up. You know, that's where you hear the frustration. You know, I mean, everybody's frustrated. Everybody. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go down to Virginia, check in with Brian. Hello, Brian. You're on with uh, Russ and Paul. What's going on, Paul? What's going on? Hi. Good What's to up? Talk to you guys. What's up, Bri? Um, You know, I just wanted to – I know we can go down a whole laundry list of things that are going on with the team, but uh, I just wanted to take note that um, something that you say all the time, Russ, is that, you know, this, this season is not about wins and losses. This season is about finding out uh, what we have mm-hmm. um, and the development of these players, these young guys that are, that are in here. And uh, we can't look at this season in a vacuum and say, well, these guys are losing. So, it's you know, we, we look like a terrible team. No, we're, we're a progressing team. We're, you know, Dave Gettleman has done a great job in turning, turning over the roster and selecting good draft picks. So we just got to be a little patient. And one thing that I, that, that I heard David Bill say the other day is when, you're in, when, when your team is losing the way it's losing, you want to find out um, about the guys that are next to you. You want to find out who's the dog on this team. He, you want to find out who, who are the real winners on this team. Brian, you're, on, you're, you're right. That's David's favorite line, line. He wants to know exactly what my guy next to me is doing. You're 100% right. I'll be damned if I didn't hear, if I didn't see that Will Hernandez is not one of those guys. I mean, the way he fought for his, for his quarterback mm-hmm. and for his team, 
that's the kind of guy I want to play next to. And um, I'm not, you know, I don't pretend to be a, uh, uh, a fantasy GM or anything like that. I leave that to the football guys. But I do believe that we are going in the right direction. And, um, you know, we just got to have a little patience. We're spoiled by, you know, the era of winning, you know, that we have with Eli and, and the previous series of winning that we're so spoiled. And, they, you know, Gettleman's not trying to build this team like 2015 where we just get a bunch of free agents. And then the next year it's roster turnover and it's a disaster. We want to build from the ground up, and he knows the way to do it. And so that's what I believe. Well, uh, listen, Bry, let, let's look at the last uh, – his two drafts. Let's put it this way. I don't right. think anybody can complain about the drafts, but let's look at his three first-round draft picks uh, this past year. I don't, think, I don't think there's any complaints. There's you know, no complaints. And, and, and I want to see these young guys that are in there going through uh, turmoil. I want to see them um, – I want to see these guys fight and, and see a little bit of resiliency. You know, it's the same thing that they want to see in Daniel Jones. Can he handle adversity? So we're going to find out in year two of these guys, you know, the, the draft the draft class from this year. We're going to find out can these guys regroup and handle adversity and play through it. Well, we're going to find out what we got next I, year. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Brian, and, and before I let you go, I'll let you finish up. But in terms of handling adversity, yes. Uh, Daniel Jones has to protect the ball. He can't fumble as much. He's got to be careful with the interceptions. But the one thing we've learned about Daniel Jones, he is resilient. He takes a licking, uh, and he, he keeps on ticking. He keeps coming. You know, you, He is one guy you see the look on his face. He is playing to the last second. So whether you like the results or not, that's a fact. So right. I, I agree with you, Brian. Thanks very much for the call. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you. 201-939-4513 is the number. Of course, you're watching Big Blue Live here, brought to you by Coors Light. If you want to enter the to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of Coors Light, text VIP to 90464 for more details. Let's go now to Columbus, Ohio, and check in with Adam. Good afternoon, Adam. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Hi. How you doing, Adam? Not too bad. I'm actually halfway to Columbus. I'm on I-80 West driving home. I came in to go to the game last night. So, and, you know, I, 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 before I get to the football part of it, man, I'm getting real tired of making this drive frustrated about what I saw. <laughs> but, I, uh, in, in fairness to you, number one, God bless you, you know, because we're talking about people being frustrated. But I would think coming in on a for a Monday night game and now driving back, that's got to add to your frustration. So good for you, Adam. Yeah, it compounds it a little bit. I'll tell you what else is really leaving a bad taste uh, outside the X's and O's. Is I'm getting real tired of going in that stadium and hearing the away team cheer almost as loud as the Giants fans. It's just... It's just a hard pill to swallow, man, especially when it's the Cowboys. It's just nauseating. Week, week after week, year after year, I hear that when I go there, and I'm going, what the heck is going on? This is, something's got to give here. But what? I guess, you know, what? What? success has a thousand fathers and failures and orphans, so maybe that's why not everyone's at the game. Well, you, you know what, though, Adam, uh, when it comes to Cowboys – they got a lot of fans. They and, travel and, well, and they they do travel well. And they're I mean, all over the place. You're right. They they do travel very well. So that I mean, it wasn't. That's not anything new. 
Adam. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. And Adam, remember one thing too: these things tend to go in cycles. You know, there have been four or five-year stretches where the Giants own the Eagles, and then vice versa. The Eagles own the Giants. You're Giants right. own the Cowboys for several years. Now the Cowboys own the Giants. Same thing with the Redskins. These rivalries in the division, they will usually go in four or five-year stretches, and then it kind of turns around the other way. So, you know, that's just part of being a longtime fan. Yeah, no, that, that's a fair point. So I'm ready for the flow. I've seen enough of the so <laughs> Okay. Okay. That's fair. So let me ask you this. I guess I don't share uh, the optimism of the three-year plan like the last couple callers. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you guys are right. I hope you're seeing something I'm not. But, it's you know, one of the areas of concern, I think Gettleman is hitting the draft. Can't dispute that. He's done some great things there. But, this whole notion of, you know, hog mollies, uh, old school football, we're going to block, we're going to run, we got Saquon, we're going to stop the run. It's the exact opposite. It, it, it's, it's, to me, it's concerning with all the resources you put into the line, Solder, Remmers, Zeitler, you know, the D-line. Yeah, I like Dexter Lawrence, to your point, Russ. No one could complain, but I, I still have a little bit of trepidation about what we gave up to get him, uh, you know, I thought the trenches were where we would start winning and start seeing significant signs of improvement. Uh, it doesn't appear to be the case. Hopefully, it will. Well, I, l- l- listen, Adam. I don't. I don't think anybody. Uh, that's again. We, we're talking about the word. Uh, if if the word for the day is frustration, we're talking about that. I think that is definitely a, a, a case in point up front. And, and you know, but you weren't rebuilding the trenches in a year. Now, if you're asking me, are we frustrated about I don't see enough push from the offensive line? Uh, agreed. And uh, listen, I, I think w- we saw some spots this year where the defensive line played very well. I mean, it, it, it's gonna, it sounds crazy. What was it, 31-14 against the, um, against the Patriots? I mean, I mean, they the defensive line played their butts off in that game. They did with butts off three and a. But we want to see it on a consistent basis. So you're right. But listen, yeah, I agree. I happen to agree with the hog mollies. That's what's frustrating because you you want that and you you got yourself an all pro running back and you're not getting in four four times. You were there five times. You're not getting in on four other times in the, the red zone. From within the ten yard line, that's where the frustration comes in. So I agree well, with and, you. And there's there's a lot of resources dumped into it. So I guess maybe I had an inflated you know sense of hope about how good it would be. Um, you know, I, I listened to Coach Marvin. I think the big turning point in the game was the third and twelve touchdown to Amari Cooper. I don't. It, it was a little deflating before halftime to lose the lead, but you know, I think the I think the atmosphere was good. I think the I think the uh, Overall dynamic was good. I think everybody's spirits were good. But I think when Cooper sunk us on that third and 12, to me, that's, that's, when, it, that's when the game turned. Well, that's when it was over. I, I would agree with that to a point. But the reason I said, and even though the Giants still had the lead at 12-10, okay, to me, yeah. to me what was frustrating was that, that touchdown because it was 42 yards. Uh, and... What was it again, Adam? It was that explosive, big play being given up by the defense once again. Yep. And to me, yep. that was demoralizing because to me it was, here we go again. And 
Jackrabbit fanned on it, you know, as the guy, as Jarwin was going in. Just remember yeah. this. The, the last second field goal at the end of the half was the final lead change of the game. And, and there's nothing like the psychological impact of something like that when you head into the locker room for 15 minutes. That is a very, very difficult pill to swallow. What was their third down conversion percentage? It, it felt like I kept hearing the third down Rocky theme over and over, and we just couldn't get them off the field. Dallas was I, 4 I, of 11. The Giants were 5 of 16. 4 of 11 yeah. is only is only 36% for the Cowboys, and this is a team that was over 50% for the season. So, you know, to be honest, <laughs> you know, if you're yeah, the Giants, but, you're coming away feeling decent at 4 of 11. Yeah, I agree. It actually seemed worse than the numbers. So well, yeah, but, but again, when you're giving up those huge explosive plays, yeah. huge explosive plays, there is nothing more frustrating than that. Adam, thanks very much for the call, buddy. Hopefully yeah. your next trip in is a good one. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, take it easy. 201-939-4513 is the number. That's an interesting number that you just came up with. You know, which is why you have to peel back the layers of the onion all the time and say, okay, what really happened here? What was good? What was bad? What can be fixed? What aren't you sure about? There's good and bad in everything, to be perfectly frank with you. Very rarely is there a game where everything 100% was miserable and you could not gain anything out of it. Those are very, very, very rare. And last night's no exception. Russ, there were actually some good things that happened last night. I mean, Cody Latimer was outstanding on kickoff returns. Let, let, coming in, and Ballantyne played, by the way. He came in, and he replaced uh, Grant Haley as the nickel corner yesterday. They benched Haley and said, Ballantyne, you're out of concussion protocol. Give it a shot. I thought Corey Ballantyne actually played pretty well last night. Yeah, but the one that you mentioned, and that to me, again, th that – just added to the frustration. We're talking about big explosive plays being given up by the defense. Your special teams, Cody Latimer gives you two possessions at the 50-yard line for naught. You know, that to me was extremely frustrating. Cause Horrible. It, it, the great runs. I mean, two of them at, really the, at nice. the 50. Like really, really nice, really nice runs. So 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to... Uh, our buddy in Columbia, Maryland, who I'm sure is a little frustrated himself this morning, and, our, our buddy Len. And I should also, JC, before Len starts, I thought that Leonard Williams in his Giants debut gave them some, some very solid snaps, too. Yes. That was another positive. All right, speaking of Leonard's, here's Len from Columbia, Maryland. Hello, Len. Hey, guys. How you doing? How hey, you, Len. How you doing, my Good friend? Good to see you last well, night. Well, hanging in there. Let me say real quick, it was... Uh, I spent uh, a little bit of time with Paul last night before the show started, and Paul, it was good to see you again. I'm glad you were able to come up, Len, uh, and, and I'm, I'm glad you were able to see the rest of the crew, too, because it's good yes. to put faces to the whole thing. Yes, I caught them all, uh, and I did see John as well. Um, you know, I want to I say something about Adam's comment. Um, you know, good, good for him, real Giants fan, making that trip all the way from Ohio. Sure. Uh, you know, to see the Giants, I don't know how many times he does it, but 
I, I know the feeling because I got to climb in my car after a loss <laughs> and, uh, and and drive south for a long time, and I'm doing it eight times a year. And you're but also it, doing it for a lot longer than Adam's doing it. Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! Goes yeah. back to sixty. 64 in the family, uh, Russ. Right. And so, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of drives up and down that turnpike, and it's it's not an easy drive, you know, for anybody after a loss. And unfortunately, you know, they're losing a lot of they're losing a lot of games, and a lot of those games are at home. They're losing home games. Yeah. Um, geez, it's, it's well, tough wh- coming down. When you lose, when you're two and seven, you're losing them at home on the road yeah, 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 in the parking lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're sending. Uh, I, I'm, I, you know, a lot of people may feel differently, but you know, you're, se- you're sending your best customers home angry, mm-hmm. and that's never, that's never a good idea. Um, you, you, you know, in any in any business, um, one of the one of the things I wanted to say to Adam, um, and it's kind of interesting, and, and this may may not be the time for the conversation. It may be uh, really an off-season conversation, but you know, the stadium is sold out. So all those Dallas Cowboys fans are getting their tickets from who, Paul? Well, I mean, <laughs> they're going through the internet. Well, and when who are they buying them from? Oh, they're buying them from they're buying them from Giants fans who who have personal seat licenses who or, or corporations who well who yeah. have, have those tickets. I mean, they're not walking up to the box office. You know what, Lance? I want to be very careful here because, and I'm not going to tell any secrets. And Russ, you don't know the answer to this either. There are a lot of corporates who have season ticket packages to the Giants, and there are many of peoples who are brokers, and they'll either do business on the Internet or they'll do business through their own services, who wind up getting clusters and clusters and clusters of tickets from people who are not real fans who have purchased tickets, in some cases, with the idea just to sell them to these folks who's on the secondary market. So to be honest... I don't know how many out-of-town fans get their tickets even over the Internet from real hometown fans, to be fair. I don't know what that number is. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I hear what you're saying. But, but, you know, but, the, I look, mean, the, look, tickets are originally are coming, the tickets are originally coming from the Giants to people who have purchased the seat licenses. Yes. You'd like to believe to they're all your tickets. So, you want to believe they're I, all I, your I mean, diehards. It's Giants, you know, it's Giants tickets that are going to these folks. I'm yeah, sure that doesn't make Mr. Mara or Mr. Tish happy. No, but, but Len, you're right, but, and, and, and the but is this, I mean... Um, uh, there are people who, who I know a lot of them who are season ticket holders who have the PSLs and they're making money selling their tickets. So that's just that's just the way it is. Listen, P- Paul and I get frustrated because because of all, all these seats. and We're sitting in the press box and we're looking across and we see what was it? The, is it the second level or first level? Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. Coming out at halftime, there's nobody there because they're all inside eating. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to pay a lot of money to have that to have that privilege. Yeah, I I understand, <laughs> but 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 there's you a, a you're damned. That's, that's there, not me, by the way. No, right? no, I know that, but it's a damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's yeah. what that's what yeah. it is, Len. Yeah. Well, it's it's. Um, you know, if we start winning, maybe people will hang on to those. You know, will come to the games instead of trying to sell them. Let me give credit to the Giants. You know, when this when the seat license thing started out, um, one of the things they told people in that first year: Look, don't get into this if you think it's a money making thing. 
get into it because you want to see the Giants game, not because you're going to do it like you're investing, you know, like you're buying stock in Amazon right. and hoping that it's going to go up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were up front with us. They said, look, don't treat this like, you know, it's a money-making scheme because it's never going to be a money-making scheme, Paul. I don't care how you, how you cut it. It's just long run. It's, it's not worth the trouble to try to get rid of them the way people are getting rid of them. But the sad thing last night is I'm sitting in my section my six folks are there. You know, I got two. I got six tickets. I got two partners. Right. So, you know, and they've been with me forever. And you know, I look around and it's uh, it's it's people I've never seen before. Some Giants fans, and and a lot of Cowboys fans. But I'm thinking, where the heck are all these people that every Sunday, you know, I see them every, you know, every game. Last night they last night they weren't there. A lot of circumstances for that. Let me, let me say this. You know, we were in this game. Jeez, the Cooper touchdown was a backbreaker. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Jeez, you know we were, we were, we had chances last night, Russ. Like you say, you know the kickoff returns put us in position early on the interception. You know, geez, we were inside the five yard line. We can't score a touchdown. We got to kick a field goal. You know, we were hanging in there pretty well toward the end. The Cooper touchdown kind of opened it up, and then things things went the wrong way from you know from there. Paul, the one thing that was frustrating to me, and I know you you're. You, I think you understand the better defense better than I understand it, for sure. You know, to hear Elliot talk about, um, you know, easiest 140 yards I've ever gained in my life. And yeah. that's what he said. Now, you, uh, you've seen that quote. Let, 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 listen, buddy, we don't want to rush you off. Thanks for the call, but we've got one more. We've got a couple of calls. We're not going to be able to get everybody in. So to people who we can't get in, we apologize and ask you to call back tomorrow, but we'll wrap today's show up with uh, Sean in Connecticut. Sean, how are we doing today? Good. How are you doing? Good. What's going on, Sean? Um, this is my first time calling. I just wanted to say two quick things. Um, one of them was Daniel Jones. I love the guy. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. He's obviously got a fumbling problem. Um, Sean, may, you know, may, Sean, may we ask you, if you're on speaker, could you get off speaker? Because it's sounding kind of like Muffled or hollow? Underwater almost. Yeah. Is better? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, it is, Sean. All right. So with Daniel Jones with his fumbling problem, you know, is he doing anything to try and fix it? And one thing that I, I was just trying to think of anything, and I see a lot more quarterbacks doing this, and I wasn't really a fan of it at first. The gloves? Throwing a wide receiver glove yep. in his non-throwing hand. Yep. I, I, think, I think, you know, at some point in time that may be an option. Maybe they'll try it with him. You know, it's it's something a lot of quarterbacks have done, saying that it helps them hold on to the ball in the pocket better when they get hit. And I'm sure at some point that's going to be an option. Maybe that's the next option. Maybe we see it this week. I don't know the answer to that. I do know what he was at Duke, and I've quoted the numbers. He did not have fumbleitis at Duke. Sure, he had some, but it was not an epidemic. This year as a rookie, it's been an epidemic. Well, there's also Sean, and I would agree with you. You know, and and Coach Shermer has said, got you know, he has to work on that. I think it's a couple of things. I says number one, I think this is just me. I think it's 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 his sliding. It's how he's you know sliding in, or is he protecting the ball? Also, in fairness. When you're whacked from behind, well, when you're whacked, period, by a big uh, on-rushing defensive lineman is one thing. But when you're whacked and your hands whacked when you're in the process of trying to throw the ball, I mean, that's not a, a question of just holding on. I mean, your 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 hand yeah. is getting whacked. I agree with you. It's something that has to be corrected. 
Yeah, the you first know? one he had last night, the ball was tucked away. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if you ever right. tried those things on, but wide receivers wear them for a reason. <laughs> they work. It, it, <laughs> look, uh, there have been quarterbacks who have done this in recent years. In fact, Eli uh, started yeah. sporting the glove on his other hand as well, on one of his hands. Um, it's it's something we may see at some point. I don't think it's a terrible suggestion. No, no, it I, could happen. Listen, obviously, everybody's frustrated. And you know something, Sean? I don't think... Well, you know what? I'm not going to speak for... Um, I'm not going to speak for Daniel Jones because I don't know that he's frustrated because he just keeps on coming. I'm, I'm sure he gets annoyed with himself because... He's the leader. And and let me tell you, for a first-year guy, he is definitely the leader. Those guys look to him. So it has to be corrected. But you're right. Listen, they're 2-7. and seven. Something needs to be fixed. And it's not just Daniel Jones's fumbles. It's a whole lot of other things, like oh, yeah. from the red zone and everything else. But listen, Sean, we got to wrap it up today. So thank you very much for the call. Thank everybody else for the call. My thanks to our buddy who's at the controls, Pearson Butler. Big time thanks to Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino. I'm Russ Salzberg. And as always, thank you to fans, because without you, we'd have nobody here to be talking to. I will see you tomorrow on Big Blue Kickoff Live.